0: Would you get in a car that literally drives itself? Most people say no. Simply put, they just don't trust them. If you would have asked me about 10 years ago that same question, I would have said yes, a quick yes. But I also would have followed that by saying, I'd be okay with it, but I wouldn't let my daughter in one. <laughs> But think about this, and you can do the research. There was a time when we didn't get into an elevator because we didn't trust the elevator to go up and down on its own. We simply needed or were comforted with a person directing the elevator. In other words, somebody there to press the buttons. As silly as that sounds, there was a time we needed that. Today we don't even think twice about getting in an elevator, pressing a button and allowing it to take us to the floor we wish to go to and taking us there safely. And we don't even bother to think that a computer is controlling the speed, brakes and ultimately your safety when the doors open. Welcome to 10,000 Tacos, I'm Isidro Salas And today on the episode, now you're probably asking Why am I talking to you about self-driving cars? Today on the show, I'm going to tell you a little bit about what's going on today As to why I'm talking about self-driving cars But more importantly, I want to tell you about a person who helped me achieve that so many years ago So, I want to get started by saying that, well, a long time ago, when I started this podcast, I took a vow not to do any advertisement on this podcast. And again, if you're new to the show, you don't hear any ads. In the middle of our shows, because I want and I do believe in the power of storytelling and not breaking that. This is just me. I know I'm in a lonely island, but I have a problem with ads in the middle of stories. I do believe that the more advertisement that goes into a product, whether it's a television show or a podcast, I think the less genuine it is. But that's just my opinion. So I took a vow a long time ago not to do that. And the reason I'm telling you that is because in order to keep the podcast going, I have to supplement it with something else. Right. So, of course, I work on the side. I have a full time job and I wanted to tell you a little bit about this job, you know, because of this job helps me fund the podcast. But while I was doing this, I was uh, thinking how cool it was to do this job. But anyway, before I get too ahead of myself, let me just tell you what my job is. My current job is driving autonomous vehicles. I know, I know, I know. It it sounds a little counterintuitive, right? If a car is truly autonomous, why would you need a driver, right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but here in the state of California, right, where I live in, uh, in order to operate a self-driving car on public roads, the companies who are operating these vehicles have to have a driver behind the wheel to take over in the event that the car does something it's not supposed to, right? Kind of like, you know, remind you of those elevators. Anyway, that's my job. And the best way I could put it to describe it is it's like, um, let's just say this. It's like trying to teach a 10-year-old how to drive a car. You're going to get sudden brakes, sudden jerks, sudden rapid accelerations, and all those frustrations you caused your teacher when you were learning how to drive a car, right? So we've all been through that once we learned how to drive a car. None of us got behind the wheel and just started driving along, right? Well, some of us did. I did. Uh, but most likely, it's like a car. This autonomous car that I work in, it's like a 10-year-old It's full of promise, but it's still a 10-year-old It's still learning how to drive But that's not what this episode is about The reason I am bringing up this episode is because I was recently thinking of how cool it is that I am in a generation that grew up with not only a rotary phone, right? Remember those rotary ones? The rotary to dial a number took forever, especially if you're dying 911, right? But I'm also in part of the generation that is in the beginning stages of the self driving cars. And I'm getting paid to drive these things, to test the software behind it. So that eventually in some, you know, 10, 20 years, it'll be normal. It'll be like getting into an elevator and just pressing the button. Um, I really am hopeful, but I'm very thankful that I'm in that generation. So I was reflecting a little while ago how cool that was. And real quick, in order to get a job like this, at least where when I got this job, In order to qualify to apply, you have to be able to type 50 words per minute so that you can document what's going on, how the car is behaving uh, within a short period of time because everything happens so, so fast. So in order for you to do this job, you have to know how to type really, really fast. And of course, you also need a clean driving record because of course, they're not going to hire somebody who doesn't have a clean driving record. On top of that, you also have to pass a criminal background check. These companies are not gonna hire people that have a criminal record. So these are some of the things that I needed to have in order to get this job. So I'll begin with the first one. How did I learn how to type? What was it that led me to learn how to type? So I started thinking, well, I went to college and I went to college because I didn't want to do what my parents were doing. Like I loved that I grew up in that era, right? with a food truck and I driveway every day, but I've said it before. I hated it. And the reasons why I say I hated growing up in the taco truck, because I saw my parents working 18 to 20 hour days, six to seven days a week. And I didn't like that. So I figured college was a way for me to give me options so that I wouldn't have to do that. And my parents agreed with that. They would say, yes, Go to school so you don't have to do this. They didn't hate what they were doing. They just wanted a better future for their children. So that's why I went to college. And in college, you have to write a lot of papers. That still hasn't changed. (laughs) So I taught myself how to type fast. So that would just mean that I could type papers faster. And at that time, we were working the truck, going to school plus a side job. So I didn't have a lot of time to do my homework or schoolwork. So I figured if I learned how to type, I would get done with that faster. So second, the taco truck is a vehicle that is clear, right? There's no dispute in that. It's a car. It's, it's a vehicle. You have to drive it. It gets you from one stop to the next. And we needed to get to one stop to the next so that we could sell to our customers, right? That's obvious. So having a driver's license was important to our family because it meant we, my siblings and I, could help out with the family business. We could drive the truck to and from the busy corner in East San Jose every weekend and give our dad a break. Because again, he was working like 20 hours a day, it seemed. So if we learn how to drive, then it'd be us that'd be driving the truck. He wouldn't have to drive it there and then go back home. We could do that. So a driver's license was essential to helping the family run the business. Plain and simple. We needed to have a clean driving record to drive to get a license. Again, we took turns driving that truck. A little side note. I got my driver's license way before I got my citizenship to be, to be in this country, right? Before, in other words, yes, you can say that there was a time in my life that the driver's license to me was more important than being a U.S. citizen, but just a side note. <laughs> so I would not have the job I have today if it was not for an event that happened when I was 15 years old. I was in a car, in the back seat, drinking beer. Yes, I know, I was 15 years old. My friend who was driving, he was 18. And my other friend who was in the passenger seat right in front of me also had a beer. He was 17. We get pulled over by the cops. The officer finds two beers that were open. And this, believe it or not, is where the luck starts. the cop could have taken us to juvenile hall back then and one reason for that is that we were all under 21 clearly we weren't supposed to have any alcohol but we had two open beers in the car the luck comes in when the cop tells us to dump the beer right right in front of him to get rid of all the beer open up every single one of them every single can and dump it right in front of him he also says well I'm going to let you guys go home but before doing that he gives my, my friend Nacho and I He gave us citations. One is for having an open container, and the other one was for minor in possession of alcohol. And both of those would have given me not only a bad driving record, but it would have been the beginning of a criminal record. That's important. Several months later, I get a notice in the mail that I have to appear in court to answer to these charges, right? My friend Nacho was also summoned for the same day. We actually had a two-for-one, right? I guess. So that's where luck number two comes in because he got to go to court with me. So as the date was approaching, I asked Nacho if he could do me a favor and it wasn't a small favor. I asked him if he could say that the second beer was his. I actually pleaded with him, sort of begged him. I explained to him that if I had this on my driving record, I wouldn't be able to apply for my driver's license when I turned 16. I would have to wait until I was 18 to apply for my driver's license. And back then, two years is a long time. still is, but you know, when you're young, it seems like forever. And if I could not get my driver's license at 16, then I could not help my parents with the truck at least to drive the truck. Again, it was important to our family that all of us be able to drive that truck and to do it with a proper driver's license. So I asked him straight up if he would be willing to take a blame on my behalf. Nacho did not even hesitate. He said yes right away like that. kind of blown away by that because he knew us so well and the importance of that taco truck he didn't even budge he said yes right away and besides he tells me because his driving record as a juvenile is not that good and with him turning 18 soon he figured he wouldn't be eligible to get his license until he was 21 that taking one for the team was not going to make a difference for him he was going to do it he was willing to lie So court day comes, Nacho, my father, and I go to the hearing. The judge was reading out the charges, and he asked me how to plead. And I say, not guilty. He looks at his papers and seems a little confused. And he says, I am not a mathematician, but the math just doesn't seem to add up. Two bears, three occupants, one driver that leaves, two passengers, with two beers you mean to tell me that wasn't your beer i say yeah both of those beers were nachos (laughs) the judge then turns over to nacho and begins to drill him with all kinds of questions like man like all kinds of questions He was asking Nacho so many questions about that night, trying to piece together what really happened. And each time, Nacho would not budge. He would not give an inch. He kept with the story that those beers were his. After what seemed to be hours, but it was really more like 10, 15 minutes, In both frustration and exhaustion, the judge pauses, takes a deep breath, and utters the following, does this mean that you are a double-fisted drinker? Nacho with his sense of pride replies, yes, I am. Yes I am. The judge puts his left hand on his head in disbelief. He starts writing on the paper he had been reading from as if he's signing it. He turns over to my dad and says, I know he isn't telling the truth, but I have to go with what he is saying. You, Mr. Salas, have a very, very lucky son. To have someone who is willing to lie for him, Your son is lucky. My father says, yes, I know. And with that, the judge signs the paper and the case gets dismissed. I don't have anything on my record. I grew up where drinking and driving was normal, sadly. I knew and we all knew it was wrong to be in the car with alcohol that day. What's even more sad is the fact that that hasn't changed. Drinking and driving is still normal to some people. That's for a different episode. Now had I gotten convicted, I wouldn't have been able to get my driver's license. At least by the age of 16. I would have most likely have started a criminal record. As I come to understand now, once you get into the criminal justice system, it is hard to get out. Especially if you are a minority. I know this as I studied criminal justice. That's what I got, my college degree, Bachelor of Science in Criminal Justice Administration. That's how I know that. What would have happened? Would I have gone to college had it not been for that night? Would I have gone to jail? Would I have learned how to type? Would I have driven all those miles in a catering truck? Would I have served all those tacos? Would I have landed a job in Silicon Valley? Today, testing autonomous vehicles on the streets I grew up in, what would have happened? To my parents. That is indisputable. But I also owe it all to that day when the judge turned over to my friend and asked him, what's your name? And my friend simply replied, I am not Joe Snitch. I am Nacho Snitch. And that is all for this episode. Thank you for joining us today. I am grateful, very grateful for everyone who downloads this podcast. Till next time, I'm Isidro Salas, and this is 10,000 Tacos.